Welcome back to Small State of Big Takes. This is episode three, two thirty. Sorry, uh, Steve is <laughs> on his Trevor Story hiatus. We wish him the best of luck on in on, the books, uh, <laughs> in the books, hitting the uh, the sheets, getting shit done in the library, whatever he's got to do. Josh is uh, got some fatherly duties to attend, as many of you know baby on the way in the next couple of weeks even um so in the next three weeks i believe so he's got some uh fatherly duties to attend today uh uh this evening so he will not be with us that is okay uh it is me it is gilly we are here to keep you guys company and of course deliver an episode every week like uh like we've always we always have done and this week Kind of a special one. I wish they could be here for it, but uh, big news out of SSBT and House Enterprise HQ. I'm going to hand it off to Gilly. I'm not wasting any time. Josh might be actually skipping the podcast. Maybe he made up a reason to not podcast so he could uh, do some research for the Arnold Palmer Invitational because I know that's near his house. You know, that's near where he lives. And uh, maybe he he's getting ahead of us on that. That's true. That's true. And you know what? Speaking of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, our big announcement, the biggest, I would say, this is like the biggest announcement that we've ever had, like the most major SSB2 news since we created the podcast, maybe? Maybe? Yeah, as far as like actual news, not just like a fun guest or... True. Like we've had some really awesome guests and fortunate to have that on. But as far as like SSB2 brand you know, Twitter world, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'd say this is probably the biggest announcement to date. So we're we're super proud. And on behalf of the other two guys there, they couldn't make it, but we're, I know they're they're super pumped about this too. Um, we'd like to announce that House Enterprise and Small State Big Takes, both of us, um, we are announcing a partnership with DraftKings, the DraftKings Sportsbook, um, especially for our friends in Massachusetts. We've got mobile sports betting and online sports betting going live, I believe on March 10th. And it should be even just ready to rock. Um, I think starting in March. Um, so tomorrow, um, or today, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, you should be able to sign up and join when you join, you can use promo code SSBT and you'd be getting some registration bonuses, free bets, extra bets, promos, the details on that is to come, but we could not wait until all the details were hashed out. We wanted to tell you right away. We are so pumped about this. Um, obviously, it's a kind of a long time coming of like a first legit, um, really cool partnership. And I mean, I'm kind of blown away that we were able to get some interest from from our, our friends at DraftKings, our, our partners. How <laughs> that? Especially too, perfect timing. We we're talking about this before. You've got the new sports book in Massachusetts. We've got some a good amount of listeners and followers that are based out of Massachusetts or frequent Massachusetts. Um, and honestly, too, just from my perspective, DraftKings, and this is going to sound like it's like corny as hell, but like DraftKings is all I use. Basically, the promos that they have are awesome. Like they're they had one tonight that was just a uh, Luka Doncic and Dame to score 30 each. At plus odds and it's just like like little little stuff like that just goes a long way and keeps you entertained um so i i'm super excited about it 
Uh, DraftKings actually also too Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think they have a plus two fifty or plus two hundred um, boost if to pick a winner. Speaking of that, that you're uh, you're a good mm-hmm. segue there, Ali. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so long winded, but we are super pumped to announce that partnership. We'll have more details to come. Um, especially perfect timing, right? To drop a sports book online. You got March Madness coming, Celtics and Bruins ready for playoff runs, Red Sox baseball about to start. It's as good as it gets. Yeah. So it kind of works out that like you and I definitely are more into sports betting than Steven and Josh, Josh partly because, you know, he can't, he's in Florida, so he won't be able to use DraftKings anyways, but Steve's been dabbling in it when he goes to Connecticut to his family's uh, places and when he does jobs and stuff, you know, he texts me every now and then. And now uh, he'll be able to to use his own promo code over there uh, in Rhode Island. I won't be able to unless I take a little drive. But all that being said, yeah, this is really cool. Um, and we want to obviously thank the boys at House Enterprise, Will and Jake. And I think Will especially had a big hand in and getting this partnership and this deal done. So uh, those guys are working their ass off every day. Uh, great dudes to to be a part of. Couldn't be more proud to be, you know, with that House Enterprise uh, family under this umbrella. It's been awesome so far. And honestly, probably uh, just the beginning when it comes to them because those guys have connections up the wazoo. I'm sure they're, they've got more stuff uh, in the background that they're working on. And don't forget when you when you open up your DraftKings Sportsbook app uh, when it launches in Massachusetts March 10th to use help help you boys out help I know some of you certified psychos out there uh, are are dying to know how to show a little bit of love you want to toss ten bucks on John Rom to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational or at that time it'll be a different tournament. Um, the players championship is next week. So they'll be able to get in on the weekend. Then, uh, you know, you get a little action in on, on the golf and use promo code SSBT for all the fun stuff. Like you said, all the details on it are to come, but you use it now. You get the rewards later. It's exciting stuff. It really is. It really is. And if you don't live in Massachusetts or, or even Connecticut or one of those States, you could just move there. You could just move there. If you really want to use this uh, promo code, True. that's, that's all. Or, you got, you got a girlfriend. You got a boyfriend. Whatever's going on, hey, book a little weekend, a weekend in Boston. I I did that like a a few weeks ago. Had a little little getaway weekend in Boston. Saw a Celtics game. Do it up. Do it up. Throw a futures bet on the Red Sox over wins. Something so like do that. you question? I don't know if you know the answer. Do you need to be in Massachusetts to use the promo code? Oh, um, you, you just use it. That is a good question. I think it's it's centered more towards Massachusetts, but um, right. You might as well you might as well try and find out in right. Connecticut. There you go. There you go. That's but, a good uh, answer. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Invalid promo code. Oh well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, all that and probably the most important thing out of this is just don't be dumb and be responsible. We don't want you putting your rent money on any of this stuff. So just throw a little extra cash on it. I do it for fun because it makes sports more more fun to me. You got a little extra skin on it, so nothing too crazy. Don't uh, don't put yourself in a hole or anything. Bet responsibly, but if you do, bet with promo code SSBT on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I like it. I like it. What a what a what a launch of that that promotion that that partnership for us. So shout out DraftKings. 
promo code SSBT. We love it. Yeah, they said uh, 60 second. We wanted to give them a little bit of... Yeah, how about 10 know? minutes? Yeah, how, about, <laughs> how about a whole introduction? How about that? You know what? <laughs> First ever whole pod of just... You know what? Yeah, Let's we can keep going. It. I got... we. <laughs> The only other thing I want to talk about is this pitch clock uh, stuff going on. <laughs> other than that, I, I got I'm wide open. No, no, we, we we certainly could. What do you what do you got on the uh, the pitch clock? A like spring training is back. Already got some injuries. It's kind of a bummer, but pitch yeah. clock I feel like is the talk of the talk of the baseball world. Yeah, pitch clock is definitely taken over, and I don't think people, including myself, kind of realize the maybe the gravity of the impact that it was going to have on all we're seeing is like these times of games and spring training and every game's under three hours etc cetera, etc cetera. we had the red sox game and on a strike three call that was because the batter didn't get the batter's box fast enough i think a lot of that's going to die down i think they're just like trying to really emphasize it in spring training so they get these guys used to it mm-hmm. um like if you're in in a a do or die game, the umpire's not going to call you out because you took two seconds too long to pitch the ball. And if that is what it comes down to, like that's, that ruins baseball. Uh, but at the same time, you still need it because I saw, I think it was Pitching Ninja put out that tweet that some guy got three outs before Pedro Baez threw one pitch. And it was like a Pedro Baez thing from like, their playoff, maybe it was the World Series against the Astros or something like that. Yes. No, I saw that. No, there was another one that I saw, dude. It was crazy. It was how many times do you think Jose Altuve can hit an inside the park home run before <laughs> Pedro Baez throws one pitch? Guess how many times? Oof. I mean, seven or eight. It was seven. Yeah. Seven, dude. Crazy. I and like, that, and I thought it'd be like three, and I'd be like, wow, that's kind of crazy. No, it just kept going because it was like he just kept stepping off the rubber. He kept yeah. through pickoff or just stared him down. And that's like obviously a very extreme outlier of of what they're trying to eliminate. And that's like a playoff game atmosphere. Literally every single pitch means so much. But that's still ridiculous. You know, how long it took him to throw one pitch is like, oh, my God, throw the ball already type of thing. And they're trying to eliminate that from like a day to, you know, a, a May game, you know. But. I think it's something they'll le- they'll ease up on. They're just trying to get the players used to it because all these guys in the minors are used to it. It's been there for like two years now, I think. Um, so all those guys are used to it already and whatnot. All these young guys that are coming up, it won't affect that much. It's It'll more so affect like the David Prices of the world who are so stuck in their routine from the past 10 years that it might throw them off a little bit. And I think they're just really trying to enforce it here early on in spring training to say like, all right, this ain't a joke. Like this is the new wave of baseball, you better pitch the ball, you better step in the box type of thing. Because it does go both ways. I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that batters got to get back in the box or else they're going to get a strike called on them. True. Uh, Manny Machado already had a couple happen a couple times, even made a comment where he was just like, yeah, I think I have a feeling I'm going to start a lot of counts uh, 0-1 this year, which is <laughs> just like getting... Kind of, kind of funny in a way, but if it becomes too much of a habit, it's like, all right, dude, you, you're putting yourself in trouble here. Um, yeah. The dising. How about what do you think about like the the disengagement rule though? Of like, I think you can only step off the rubber if you're a pitcher or throw a pickoff uh, attempt um, twice. Yeah, that's kind of little league to me. I understand the step off, but the like the pickoff thing. 
that's kind of that's kind of a competitive edge to the to the base runner in my opinion. It's the same thing as the shift. I think you take away the shift and you take away the ability to pick people off. Like that's a competitive edge towards the offense. And maybe they're just trying to drive more stolen bases. They want to see more steals. They want to see more hits up the middle or whatnot. I, they obviously want more offense in the game the same way the NFL wants more offense in the game. They're kind of catering the rules towards that. Just little by little, the, stole, the bigger bags thing, that's cool, whatever. I don't know how like that will affect the game more than you think, in my opinion, because how many times you see bang, bang play, and now a lot of those bang, bang plays are going to go to the runner because they're a half an inch closer. You know, that that's a half an inch less they have to go. It's a game of inches, so that'll matter. And the pickoff thing, kind of cheesy, in my opinion, uh, but, it, you know, there's worse. I still think the uh, minimum batter rule is the dumbest rule in baseball. I think that one's really dumb, and I get they want to speed up the game, blah, 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 but I think telling a guy you need to throw to three guys is so stupid. I think that takes away a, a, a big part of, uh, you know, manager's job too. I agree. No, I, I used to love those like lefty only guys. Like what's his name? Mike Myers. He would not have been a thing. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys back in our days that like had a roster spot just to try to get out David Ortiz, you know, it's just like yeah. that, that part of the game is gone. These guys got to pitch to lefties and righties, which I get like, okay, you got to learn how to pitch to righties. You know, no such thing as a situational lefty really anymore, unless you come in with two outs and get the guy out right away. Um, I think I that's my least favorite rule. I don't like if I had to get rid of one rule, that that would be it. Even with or or the shift, those those would be my top two. I think you should be able to shift as much as you want, but we've talked about that in the past. It's like telling a team you can't play zone in basketball or a t- telling it's kind of hard to cross reference sport. Football. Yeah, play. no more. No, you can't rush more than five. Count the five Mississippi before you yeah. rush the quarterback. Like that type of stuff is yeah. what I think of when you tell a team that they can't shift. And I know a lot of people hate it, but uh, I think it's just part of the game. You, you got to adapt as a hitter. Hitting, hitting is very hard as it is. I understand that, but if there's literally not a person on the left side of the infield, just fucking bunt. Just yeah. learn how to drop a bunt down until they respect it. Uh, I, that, that's my take on it. I will say, though, I think there is a little bit of a workaround with the shift, and it won't be as extreme, but I think because the rule is you have to have two infielders on either side of second base when the pitch is thrown. And so you can the- see some people kind of like moving afterwards, but the big thing is, it, it doesn't matter for outfielders, I'm pretty sure. So I think they're going to pull a lot of like, can you imagine like for, for Poppy, for example, back in the yeah. day, yeah, you're going to, their shift for them. They'd pull the left fielder and just throw them basically in between first and second base somewhere in that area. Yeah. So I feel like you could still see some stuff like that, but, um, but yeah, not as extreme. So at least hopefully there'll still be some strategy. Yeah, but. you're gonna you're gonna be, you're gonna be seeing like a guy in left center, a guy in like the softball outfield, like guy in yeah. left center. Go play left center. Go play right center. You play shallow right. Like, yeah, you you could definitely see some of that. Um, I'm interested to see. I don't think that's something that will be popular now. I think like as the year goes on and more data is out there and people start to find out, like, because shifts, yeah, they were around 15 years ago, but they weren't shifting on 60 percent of the plays like they are now you know so i think over time that that could happen 
That's true. That is interesting, though, to see how the really analytical teams will handle it this year like that. I wonder how much we're going to see that. Yeah, no, and I, I really I haven't gotten to see too much spring trading so far um, to see if teams are like doing anything kind of too crafty yet. I, I don't think they have, but um, no, that'll be interesting to see. I, it is kind of we're going to forget about these rules in like five years, I bet. Right. Where it's all going to kind of just men blend in and it'll be like baseball, still baseball, it's still cool. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll you know. get to a point where like you don't really. Even this year, you're, you're going to get to a point where you don't notice the pitch clock just because the game's flowing, right? Yeah. And, and the shift to a point you won't notice, like, oh, oh, there will be times today, like this year, we'll be like, that wouldn't have been a hit with the shift. Sure. And that that's how it's going to be from now on. But uh, nonetheless, I'm just... Huh? That are going to have increased value, fancy baseball guys. Oh, that like Absolutely. That's why I don't understand the Kyle Tucker trade in our league. <laughs> Kyle Tucker is going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries of the shift being removed. True. I, I have seen that. And Corey Seager. I know you just traded him away, but Corey Seager. I know. He is thrilled that the shift is gone. I know. That's what I mean. Seager, MVP candidate. Don't forget it. Sneaky. I agree. I, I, I'm i a big Corey Seager guy this year for sure. He was, was even ever. damn good last year. And and he did quietly No, exactly. over in that Rangers team. At the end of the day, I'm just so happy we get to talk about baseball again. Um, World Baseball Classic coming too. World Baseball Classic starts up in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. Speaking of speaking of DraftKings, who'd, who'd you take in that? Thank you. I saw you post a pick. Yeah, it's on pinned to my profile. Actually, I will be on Japan. I like it. I think out of the big three, they are the longest odds around plus three hundred. Um, thereabouts, I got plus 280 on you know the Rhode Island sports book. I saw them as high as plus 380 at one point, um, but they then they hop back down. I just uh, I think Japan has a lot of guys that we don't necessarily know because they play in Japan, obviously, but they got some dogs over there, like that third baseman dude. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he hit like 50 some home runs last year at age 22. He's a beast. Obviously, they'll have Otani. Um, Suzuki just pulled out because he got hurt, which which sucks. And I think Otani is – I don't think he's doing both. I don't think he's pitching and hitting. I think he's just going to be pitching from what I've right. seen, uh, which is even fine because he's going to be the best pitcher in the World Baseball Classic from what I've seen. That is true. I We've seen so many dudes pull out realistically. It's going to be kind of a, a light – a light crew in that sense. Although I feel like we must've had a guy, a ton of guys pull out for these similar reasons last time too, but I don't know. It just makes it more evident though with team USA. I'm just like, Oh, Oh no, they're not pitching. They're not pitching, especially yeah. pitchers just like really weak. But And I will say that Dominican lineup is just silly. It is. It is. They are the favorites and for a reason, but man, um, it's going to be – I'd be shocked if any of those other countries ended up winning that wasn't Japan, USA, or Dominican. Yeah. I think Mexico's got, like, a sneaky, fun team, but just not enough star power. Um, Puerto Rico. Same like with – I was going to say, same with Puerto Rico. Like, yeah, they've got some fun, cute names, but, like, they just 
they won't. I don't. Any nobody will have the firepower to keep up with the with these top three teams at the top. And I think most people kind of Japan already just because they don't know much about the people on the team. Uh, but Japan's won the same before. I think they've won it twice, right? So you can't sleep on them. No, I like it, and I think it's good value too. Would you get them at plus seven hundred? Japan, no, God, no. They the highest I saw Japan was plus three eighty. Oh shoot, okay. So I got Japan at plus two eighty, which is where I think they're still sitting at right now. Let's yep. see, plus three hundred on DraftKings right now. There you go. Venezuela fourth best odds at plus one thousand ahead of Puerto Rico and. Korea and Mexico. Yep. I've got Puerto Rico at plus 700 and Venezuela at plus 1,000. So interesting uh, difference there. there. And you can bet on the pool winners too. I I don't like, I'm not going to bet on Japan. There's another reason why I think it's Japan, USA, or DR. Like DR is minus 300 to come out of their pool. USA is minus 500 to come out of theirs and Japan's minus 750 to come out of theirs. Like it'd be a major upset to see those teams not just wipe, you know, go th- zoom through their, their pool and bracket play. Yeah. Damn. Those are steep odds. Yeah. I'm excited about it for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Spring training has been going. That's been, uh, you know, it's just nice to see baseball on the timeline again. And we're at that time of the year where we have March Madness creeping up like you talked about. I don't know if there are any teams that you have current futures on that you're looking at, but as we approach, you know, conference tournament play has arrived and uh, it's a great time of the year. Everybody loves March Madness. Everybody has a bracket, whether you like college basketball throughout the year or not. Honestly, the less you know, the better is usually – is usually the way it goes here when you make a bracket, but I have one future right now kind of regretting it because they've looked really shitty lately and that's Virginia. Uh, They've just looked really bad here. I probably, I still think they can do it. It all depend on the draw per usual when it comes to that. But I just think with Tony Bennett can never count them out. It's true. Never count them out. No, they no. can shoot this year. They're a good three-point shooting team this year. Three-point shooting and defense can carry you through a tournament. True. And the ACC is a weird conference this year, too, where I think – I don't think that the like the Ken Palm rankings and anything, all, all those kind of like analytics don't really favor the ACC in ways that we're used to, where a team like Pitt, which I, Pitt is actually a team that I bet on for oh, – uh, I'm in on Pitt. Pitt's fun, man. They're a fun team. You've got some just great names too. They got a guy named Fedorenko. Fedorenko. Yeah. Like, just, Did you know their starting lineup is older than the Thunder starting lineup? I actually I did not know that. I knew they were like one of the oldest in the country. That's crazy. Yeah. And their average age is like 23 and a half or something. And the Thunder's under 23, I believe. That's which awesome. is wild. No, they hit on like all their transfers, which is cool to see. Yeah, they just got a bunch of guys that were like, we got an extra year because of COVID. Let's fucking let's go. And they're really fun. I think they're the best team against the spread in the country or there's they were at one point and they're good. I like Pitt. I think they're still going to be undervalued when it comes to tournament ranking, when it comes to lines and whatnot, when it comes to it. They, they're just a team that defies uh, metrics like that. And there's always going to be those teams in sports that uh, just defy, like the Guardians. 
they don't they don't give a damn about your baseball metrics. They're just going to go out there and win games, and that's what Pitt does. Just go out there and win basketball games. True. No, and I mean it's it's been a minute too since since Pitt's been like, but that's a that's a school that wants like that's you think about like the Dewan Blair days. They deserve a basketball team. Dewan Blair, there's yeah, that was like when Dude, I was in. Poor that's poor, gotta be both ACLs 15, and still play in the NBA. That's gotta be 15 years ago now, right? Dewan Blair. Yeah, that's crazy. Sam Young, same time slash mm-hmm. shortly after. I heard Sam yeah. Young dig into poetry per source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. Apparently, I've heard stories that he um <laughs> would uh just sit and write poetry at the the like the gym where the gym where people played pickup and intramurals, and every once in a while he'd just play and just like dunk on dudes. Uh, a, a guy who went to pit at the same time told me that. That's all. I'll trust That's him. Great. That's great. <laughs> but um, uh, but UConn is a team that actually I do have a small future on. Uh... I know I don't I kind of hate it, but at the same time, I, I see as a URI fan, where are you at with with Dan Hurley? I feel like you've gone back and forth a little bit. Or are you are you supportive of him? Uh, or are you like fuck him, he left us? Or I mean, it- I, I kind of I kind of am that way, honestly, because it sounds like they made a really strong effort to keep him around. Like they wanted to give him a pay raise. They were like, we'll build new practice facilities. They really tried to do everything they could. And he was just like, and eh, no, I'm going to the Big East, which at the same time, I can't really blame him for because he came from like community college to Wagner to URI to UConn. Like, that's what you want to do as a coach is to get to a power five school. So I don't really blame him. But at the same time, I can still be mad at him because now look what we've been dealing with since he left. It's just like. I believed in David Cox, he, but he just wasn't – he just never got the best out of his guys. He was too nice. Guys yeah. liked him too much. And first year in Archie Miller, it's – you know, it, it hasn't been good, but Dan Hurley's first year was also really bad. So I'm going to give him a few years to figure it out and get his guys and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still kind of like – I definitely lean towards more of the fuck that guy route than like, ah, oh, I'm rooting for him. I'll root for him against Providence when they play, obviously, because, one, I'll always put my hatred towards PC over anything else, college basketball, and two, that Dan Hurley and Cooley Riley was awesome back in the day. Like, those guys – for a long time, I think genuinely did not like each other, which is crazy looking back on it because Ed Cooley's the man and he's yeah. like the most likable coach, like one of the most likable coaches and personalities that has come from like Twitter and, and whatnot. Just in general, he's really leaned into that. So looking back on it, you're like, wow, how can you like just like hate Ed Cooley? But if you're a coach at the rival school, you're probably going to have a little bit of bad blood there. And that rivalry is still awesome between those two. You remember that? I I remember that game at URI where they like were at center court, just like screaming at each other, and I oh, think yeah. they kind of had to get separated. Double T and everything. Yeah, that was yeah. all electric. Those are those are the days. Um, no, but so I, I do have a, a little bit on UConn. I don't think the odds have changed since I placed that. Is there anyone else though that you're kind of eyeing? I think Houston, Kansas, and Alabama are the big. Yeah, big- and I like all those schools. I'm not going to bet on Alabama just because I think there's too much off the court stuff over there that will end up inevitably coming back to bite them. And I don't know if I just, I think the SEC is really fucking trash and that's just what they've been doing is beating up on SEC teams that aren't good. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely buy in on Houston. They have, I think they're the favorites and deservedly. So I think they're just really, really, really good. And what was the other team you said? 
Kansas. Kansas is also really, really good. I think Baylor is fucking nasty. They had a little slump there, but they're getting hot at the right time. Creighton is also healthy and kind of a fun one because they had a lot of hype coming into the year. Uh, didn't perform too well. Kalkbrenner got hurt, and then they all got healthy, and they've been really kind of gelling since he's gotten back. That's a fun team. Bailey, uh, Baylor Shireman, right? Yeah, Baylor Shireman, my Jackrabbits. Hey, sneaky, uh, speaking of the Summit League, uh, Oral Roberts will be a fun team this year, assuming they win their tournament. Uh, they're undefeated in Summit League play, and look, like Max Abesmus, a team, it's from the first Oral Roberts Cinderella run team. He's still there. They're going to be a popular upset pick, deservedly so. Um, and then another Big 12 team. I All year I've said that Texas is not good, but Texas might be good enough to fucking win the whole thing. <laughs> Which and, is crazy. Like, what a season for them of just, like, all the shit going down to their coach and shit. Yeah. Like, that's crazy if they pull off, like, a, a turning run. And, you know, I mean, the Phillies lost their head coach under different circumstances and made a, a crazy run, different sport. But that shit happens. People can, you know, guys can rally around that type of stuff and and it can really help them out. So especially in college basketball, you only have four again with COVID and all those circumstances. Sometimes it's more than four, but you only have a certain amount of years of eligibility. So if a team's like, yo, this is our last year together, like it's that's got to be really like pit. Um, like Pitt? No, exactly. But like even with those external circumstances where it's like, yo, this is our one shot. I don't care if Chris Beard's gone or whatever. Like, let's do this. Yeah. I Yeah. It, but basketball, I mean, we've all been, uh, you know, at that age, 19 to 23 or whatever it is, about 18 to 23. Emotions and energy and momentum are, are huge. And if you guys, if you're a team like that, that can just rally around the circumstance and maybe the Alabama team uses that to their advantage. I don't think that they will uh, just because I think that is such an extreme circumstance and such an edge case that I do think it'll come back to bite them. I mean, they almost lost to South Carolina for crying out loud. And that team is putrid. It's uh, it, as far as like other, other teams, I, I don't really know. I, Oh, Marquette is actually a team. I, I'm kind of the shock of smart reincarnation, baby. I mean, Tyler I've always Kolick, Rhode Island's very own Cumberland's very own Tyler Kolick leading the way. I mean, shock of smart is a guy that we know took VCU on a Cinderella final four run, went to Texas a few years after that. Didn't get it going at Texas, never lived up to it. And now he's been at Marquette for a few years. You know, they were projected like, eighth or ninth in their conference and now they're 15 and three in conference play won the big east regular season title that's a team i can get behind because i still think they play with a chip on their shoulder every single soccer shock smart team plays with that like no matter what I, it looks like they're ranked six now in the country this week i still think they think that that team is underrated i think a lot of and, and they're fun man if you haven't watched marquette game uh, they can actually score this year. They've got a really good offense with the same tenacious defense. Marquette's a team I could see cutting down the nets. Yeah, no, they're they're a really fun team. And even uh, that game that they had at PC, they ended up losing. But that was like, again, for a team like PC who plays really well at home. Incredible home team. They gave them a run for their money. Kolek balled out for the crowd. They're yep. they're just an easy team to root for too. So I'm, I'm with you there. I kind of 
probably have them going pretty far in most of my uh and talk about teams i don't believe in basically any team from the big 10 i don't believe in purdue yeah they're a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams but they've I just don't like they're another team that started the season unranked and Zach Eady just played has been just playing out of his mind. Yeah. All it takes for Purdue to stumble is an off Zach Eady game, Zach Eady getting foul trouble. Like there's so many things that can go wrong for Purdue to get knocked out early. I don't believe in them. Maybe I'll be wrong. I kind of believe in Maryland just because I like Kevin Willard a lot and he he's turned that team into a, a fierce defensive team that that can kind of hang with anybody. But they're like a. Can they win on the road? Probably not. They haven't proved it this year. Uh, incredible home team, sixteen and one at home. Like it's a. That's you don't crazy. want you don't want to go into Maryland and and play a game right now. But if they come to your house, you're not really scared of them. No, that's true. And you know another one I'd add on, at least for me personally, that I don't believe in. I probably will be betting against them the first round of the tournament. Tennessee. I just don't. I don't know. And I could be, maybe they're a second round team that they get bounced, but like, I just, I'm out on Tennessee. They're another one that you mentioned before. SEC is a weird fucking conference this year. I think I would rather take like Arkansas over <laughs> Tennessee and maybe even totally maybe great. Bama for like the long haul. Again, I know Bama's the better team right now, but I agree with what you said of just like, there's too much going on. It's just like kind of an immature young team. They're talented, but like you never see teams like that actually make a, a deep, deep run when they have so much stuff going on. If Arkansas can sneak in, which I think they will, they'll be kind of a popular team because they're just getting healthy too. Texas A&M is a team that I'm kind of in on. They're a gritty team. And then, of course, uh, before we wrap up, can't really ignore the Pac-12 because I think UCLA's got what it takes to cut it down as well. Incredibly coached team, underrated just kind of slept on Arizona. I don't really know much about them. Uh, I just high tempo. They want to score a bunch of points type of team. I think UCLA is a team though. I could see, I could see McCronin. Like if when I close my eyes and I see a coach cutting down the nets, I can see Shaka smart doing it. I can see McDermott doing it. I can see Cronin doing it. I can see, I can see Baylor doing it. Like, that's what I need to see. I need to visualize it. Okay. okay. I like that. I, you know what? I, I I do have to say UConn. I can see it. I can see Hurley. I feel like he's got to he's gotta make a run. I feel like he knows that, like, people are talking shit, kind of. And some part of it is just the other Big East teams. But, like, UConn's do. They've got to, like, they've got one of the best recruiting um uh, rosters like year after year just incoming freshmen incoming freshmen they got to prove they deserve it yeah so. all right that's our uh episode 330 good talk just a little mono e mono 230 sorry i keep saying that <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, a little mono e mono we'll be back next week uh i think with the full trio i don't think steve will be here but we'll see i'll talk to you later peace